0: You're listening to the Mission Motherhood Podcast, episode 18, and today we're talking about three things you need to do before school starts next week. And I mean, these are three things that you must do. Now, even if school has already started for you, you still need to do these things. I still want to challenge you to look at, you know, maybe whenever school started as a trial run or, you, you know, not quite, you, you still have some time. Let's put it that way. This week is, is going to be your prep week for really getting into the fall swing of things, which I think most of us look at that as the day after Labor Day, right? Even if school started, you still have a long weekend ahead of you. And we really think of the beginning of fall as the day after Labor Day. And we know that right now in the middle of a pandemic, this is the craziest, weirdest, most abnormal fall we've ever had. Most of our kids are learning from home. We are working from home or we're switching to homeschooling or whatever the case may be. We're doing a hybrid of, of the of the situations, of the, of the different schoolings. And who knows? There's so many different options out there. And I go into all of that into the episode um, and just do a brief covering of it. There's also more information in a previous episode that I've done. But the what i'm talking about today is more so a, a little bit less about you know the different ways to handle distant learning and that kind of stuff and it's more about how do you prepare your mind and your home and your and the way that you structure your time in order to really have a a groove and a handle and an ownership of this season first we have to talk about preparing our mind and really taking on the mindset of joy and gratitude and mission in this season and resisting the urge to be negative and frustrated about the season that we're in. So we talk a lot about that. And then we're going to talk about the importance of our routine, getting started with it now, taking a look at some things that we can do to tweak it, practice it, those kinds of things. Having a routine is going to be essential for being able to manage things during this time. And then we also talk about getting some very specific things organized, not talking about organizing your entire home, but two essential areas in your home that you need to have organized and set up in order to have this work from home, learn from home situation, a success. So we're going to dive into the episode in just a bit here, but before we do, I want to touch on the review of the week. We haven't Had an episode in a couple of weeks. I'm really excited to be back behind the mic and to share with you all a review that has come in that helps me keep going and encourages me to always come back to the mic and always continue to create content for you all. So let's hear this week's review. This review comes from Pond Wind and it says, This was a powerful narrative from an anointed young mother. I highly recommend moms of all ages to listen and glean those things that can help you live a more fulfilling life. Well, thank you so much for this super kind review. I really appreciate reading comments like this, reviews like this. Um, Again, it helps me to continue coming back. It helps me to create content for you all. And most importantly, it helps to spread the word about this podcast to other moms out there that have not been able to find it. And listen, there are so many podcasts out there and there's so many great ones. And of course we can't listen to them all, but if you find yourself coming back to this show every single time there's a new episode and you love tuning in, then I want you to do me a favor and leave a review so that more moms can listen. And of course, share this podcast with your friends, share it to your social media, and just spread the word because this is not just a podcast, this is a movement, a movement to equip and empower mothers to fulfill their motherhood mission and to do so without burnout and overwhelm. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode talking all about How in the world are we gonna do this thing next week? And what are the three things we need to do to get ready for the fall today? Welcome to the Mission Motherhood Podcast, a podcast created to help you conquer the mental load of motherhood so you can be intentional with the missions God has called you to both in and out of motherhood. Here, you will learn how to manage it all, your time, your home, your family, your career, and more, so you can go from feeling overwhelmed and stretched thin to mothering with joy and living fully on purpose for the Lord. If you're ready to change your motherhood narrative, reclaim your joy, own your time, and get back to your mission, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, founder, and CEO of Mission Motherhood, Caroline J. Sumlin. Ready? Let's do this. Hey mama, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to be back behind the mic today. It's been a couple of weeks since we've had an episode and I have missed you guys so much, but I took a very necessary break, one that actually wasn't planned per se, but it was one that the Lord told me to take and so I took it and I'm back and I'm excited to bring you some fresh, amazing content that I believe the Lord has exactly what you need, when he's planned it for these episodes going forward for the next couple of months. So just buckle on up um, because we are going to dive right in. Um, Today, we're talking about the three things that you need to do before school starts next week. It's officially September, which is mind blowing, like literally the emoji that is the mind blowing emoji or the mind blown emoji. Um, I'm really glad that they have that emoji now because it's so necessary for so many things. But literally, that emoji, if you just take that and you type it about 15 times, that's where my head is because like, where in the world has time gone? Like 2020 has been so crazy, which we all know, but it's just mind blowing that we're already in September. We're already in the last section of this year. Like we're getting ready. Like we're literally going to blink and it's going to be the holiday season. Tomorrow there will be Christmas trees in Target and oh, happy new year. Like seriously, this is crazy. Um, but yeah, it's officially September and kids are officially back in school in a matter of days if they haven't already had their first day, um, within the last week or so which means that we're officially in what I call round two of this new normal of doing things um, within the pandemic, right? Um, About two episodes ago, I did an episode called Back to the Basics, Preparing for COVID or Quarantine Round Two. Um, And so if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to do so. Um, You can doesn't matter if you listen to it, you know, before this episode or not, but I really encourage you to listen to this episode, to that episode because it will really equip you for preparing for this next season, this next hustle season of life at home with managing, you know, kids at home and work at home and all the things. So go listen to that episode. Um, I really want to make sure that you all are fully equipped to take on this spirit, this season, sorry, this season with a spirit of joy and confidence in the Lord. And I know so many of you are completely overwhelmed with managing everything at home, myself included. Trust me. Some of us are working full time from home while managing homeschool or our child's assistant learning. Some of us aren't working at all and just completely homeschooling. And that's not a just, but completely homeschooling, but mourning the formal reality of having co-ops and activities to break up our days and weeks or going to the gym or Mother's Day Out programs or whatever that may have looked like. Some of us are working outside of the home and having to send our children somewhere that will help manage their distant learning. And that brings its own set of challenges. Everyone's circumstances are different, but I know most, if not all of us, are growing a bit weary and looking forward to the day where our old reality turns, if that happens. And I pray and believe that it will, or if it doesn't happen, that means a new reality is just going to be better than the last one. Um, But that being said, I'm going to make this episode pretty quick, um, but I want to give you Three things that you must do to get yourself and your family ready for this fall season. Because while we all feel this weariness, I firmly believe that we don't have to allow the weariness to be our permanent narrative. I believe that God wants us to have peace and wisdom and he wants to give us resources and whatever else we need to be able to walk through this season. Even if we just have mustard seed faith that is carrying us, that mustard seed faith is enough to completely change the game. It won't actually change the circumstances, but it will allow us to have joy in the Lord that will carry us through these circumstances. So let's go ahead and get started with the three things that I believe you need to do before school starts next week so you can walk in the season confidently, equipped, and joyfully, even if you're in the midst of one of the most challenging seasons and times of your life. As someone who lives with chronic pain and illness, I've been on the hunt for a way to ease my pain without needing to rely on medication every day. When I started seeing CBD oil become more popular, I'll admit, I was skeptical at first. However, after doing a lot of research and finding a high-quality brand, I'm a believer. Now, in case you're new to CBD, here's a quick lesson for you. CBD is short for cannabidol. I hope I'm saying that correctly, which is just one of the many different cannabinoid compounds. The human body actually produces cannabinoids called endocannabinoids. When we use cannabinoids from plants, they interact with our body's endocannabinoid system, which promotes homeostasis. By the way, how many times can I say cannabinoid? (laughs) I really hope I'm saying that correctly. What I love about CBD oil is that it is a cannabinoid without THC, so it doesn't cause a high. It helps with pain and inflammation in the body, anxiety, and supports a restful night's sleep without causing you to be drowsy and more. This is just from the CBD oil. You can get CBD salves, like balms for your body, where you can apply those to your achy joints, and you can do CBD bath balms and help you have a nice, relaxful, um bath that calms your muscles down. There's just so many good products um, with CBD in them, and they really are changing the way that we take care of ourselves and our bodies. So I want you all to reap the benefits I'm loving from my favorite CBD company, Joy Organics. And they gave me a code just for you. Use the code CAROLINE to receive 10% off your order. You can also head to the link in the show notes and the code will be automatically applied for you. Just go to joyorganics.com and use the code CAROLINE or head to the link in the show notes and the code will be automatically applied for you at checkout. All right. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to have a mindset session with Jesus. Yes, a mindset session with Jesus, okay? Not just a mindset session. This is not just talking about all the mindset stuff that is out there on the internet right now and sometimes it can be really overwhelming. And especially as believers, you know, we mindset is important in the Christian faith as well, but it doesn't look like what it looks like in um you know, worldly or, 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 societal or cultural, um, views, right. Mindset that is, um, that is, as a Christian is, is set on Jesus and our eyes are focused on Jesus and mindset that is often, um, worldly is a mindset that is focused on ourselves. So, um, having the mindset session with Jesus is going to be really, really crucial. I want you to sit down with him. I want you to, um, have a journal in hand and yes like something that you will write down pen paper pencil something along those lines because there is so much power in physically writing things out not typing speaking you know I sometimes I encourage my clients if they just can't write it down, that another alternative is to speak it out Um, if you can just do a voice memo or something on your phone. But I do highly encourage writing because I do think that there is just something very powerful when you write. So I want you to sit down with pen and paper, journal, your Bible, and Jesus. and while I firmly believe that you can have time with Jesus when your kids are not around, this is something that I want you to do when your kids are not around. Just this one thing. I want you to have like a like a deep dive session with him, okay? And I want you to first journal all the things that you are feeling and really just identify with how you're feeling, what you're feeling right now, whether it be positive or negative. And then I want you to take each of those feelings and I want you to check them with scripture and check them with the Holy spirit. And I want you to, um, tr- like trade in those feelings with what God says, whether they're true, like whether they're uh, positive or negative, it doesn't matter, but I want you to replace those feelings with his truth. Okay. Um, So for example, if you're feeling really, really stretched in this season or something feels impossible, it feels impossible for you to work from home and manage your child's learning and keep, you feel like you're barely keeping it together and you're spinning in circles and you just feel like this is impossible and you have no help and you have no idea how this is going to get done. Remember that our Bible says that nothing is impossible apart from the Lord. And so That would be a truth that you could replace this with and say, wow, this feels impossible. I know that nothing is impossible with God. And, then you will create a list of truths for yourself to really meditate on that are based and rooted in scripture. They are his word. And that is what God is speaking to you. And he's, he's, nothing is impossible. He is going to walk you through your season that you're in, and he is going to make sure that you come out on the other side of that victorious. So knowing what the Bible says and replacing your feelings. Because remember, feelings can be misleading. Our heart is fickle um, and it's not to be trusted. So while our feelings are there for a reason, I firmly believe God gave us our feelings for a reason. He gave us the ability to feel. Remember that the enemy can play with our thoughts and feelings as well. So that's why the feelings can be fickle. And so we have to always check our feelings with the Lord and leave them at the cross and only allow those that align with what God says to be what we hold on to. So it's okay to say like, you know, this is how I'm feeling right now, but it's not okay to accept those things as true if they are not truth. Okay. So that's why having this mindset session with Jesus is so crucial. And so not only is it something that I want you to do like right now, like before school starts and, you know, make it a priority, but I want this to be a regular practice for you and me, by the way, I'm preaching to myself here. Um, But I want this to be a regular practice for us, even if it's something that we can commit to every other week and then we can get to once a week and then we can get to a couple times a week if needed. But I think it's so important to really identify what our feelings are. And sometimes we can't identify them until we write them down, right? like sometimes they're so just jumbled up in our in our minds and it's so hard to hear and and discern and decipher what is God and what is me and what's the enemy and what's all this and I feel so many things at once but once we put pen to paper we can gain some real clarity and then we can take each of those sentences each of those words and we can cross them um, cross reference them with truth and replace them With God's truth. I think there's just going to be so much power that happens in these mindset sessions and the enemy is not going to have a place in our minds anymore. So that is the first thing I want you to do before school starts and to make a regular practice. Okay. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to get your routine in order now and begin practicing it so you can identify what's working and what's not and make some tweaks where needed. Um, and I also want you to be okay with continuing to make tweaks as the season progresses. Okay. What works one week may not work the next week and that can be frustrating, but it's normal and it's okay if things have to change on a continuous basis sometimes. Now, if there's something that's just always changing, then that's time to reevaluate that and say, okay, this is really not working and why is that not working? But One thing that when we're making our routines and and trying to get some things in place for how things are going to run um, in a new season that we're entering into, whatever that new season may be, is sometimes we will create those routines and then we won't start them until day one, right? It's kind of like when you have a new job, but you haven't routed, you haven't like actually driven the the route there. Um, And so, you know the first day of your new job and you turn on your GPS and you're going to work and you're hit with unexpected traffic that you didn't realize happened because this is not a normal route that you take. And then you're late because you didn't know the different routes and you didn't practice and you didn't time it out and do all those things and just kind of plan in advance. And This is kind of the same thing, right? Your routine is your roadmap of how your day and your time is going to look, how it's going to be spent intentionally. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to even be the same every single day. And I know that there's a lot of families out there and moms out there that believe that there's too much structure. And I'm with you on that. Like, I don't believe that there needs to be so much structure to the point where you can't breathe. However, having a framework and having a general routine that just, is what, what works for your family that allows you to just not let the day happen to you and have some ownership of your time and just kind of know where things are and what's going on and just be an overseer of your house and just a side note, um, you know the Bible does tell us that there is wisdom in order and there's wisdom in routine. And even the Proverbs 31 woman, right? She she rose in the morning and she she um, overlooked her family's activities and she knew what was going on and she had a handle on that and she managed that well. And guess what? That's a routine. If you don't have a routine, whether it's the structured routine by the half hour or it's like three general time blocks of your day or four or five or however many time blocks you want to give yourself, if you have nothing in place at all, then you are not able to take that ownership and and manage your time and manage your family wisely. And as mothers, we are called to manage our families wisely. So I do want to challenge you if you do meet routine with resistance and Um, and challenge you in that area and say, you know, I I totally get that we want to allow for some free flow. We want to allow for some, you know, just some slowness and we can have slowness and have routine. Believe me, I do all the time, but having some kind of routine that works for you and your family is necessary for you to be able to calm the chaos, the crazies, the stress, to um, be able to maintain, to be able to manage and be able to have that ownership and control over what's going on. So I want you to get your routine in order, right? You've got to think about your times that you're going to be working. What's your your child? If they're if they're virtual learning, what is their virtual learning schedule? When do they have to be logged into class? And what are those things looking like? And where are the where do you see conflicts or potential conflicts that may arise? And um, how can you um, potentially come up with some systems or some strategies to even um, you know, prevent some of those conflicts from arising because you took a look at the overall routine and you wrote it out and you practice it a couple of times to be able to work out those kinks and, and that kind of stuff so that you're not just kind of like in for like a, a rude awakening when it's the first day of school and you haven't even figured out how the day is going to go and how to best manage where, um, all the moving parts to the day. So get your routine in order and begin practicing it. And Hey, if your kids have already started school and you know, you didn't get a chance to do this, that's okay. You can use a weekend. That's what Labor Day weekend is for. Labor Day weekend is next weekend, right? So, um, what is it? September 1st today. So Um, like when this, when this is airing, so Labor Day should be on the 7th and then Tuesday, the 8th would be when the next day of school is. So even if you've already started school, you have a long weekend coming. You can use that weekend and take a day or two to practice, um, getting some routines in order. And you've already at least have seen what it's like. And you've maybe already seen where some things aren't, going as well as you may have thought or where you see the stress or you see the chaos or you see the tension or you see where you weren't as prepared as you needed to be or where whatever, right? You've already had an opportunity to see that. So that means that you can take that into your practice runs already and um, already know maybe some things that need to be tweaked. And if you haven't started school yet, I, this week is the perfect time for you to figure out some routines and take the next couple of days to practice those so that you can hit the ground running come the first day of school. Okay. Um, and again, remember that this is like this routine that you come up with. Like eventually, you know, you're going to want to, let me, let me back up and say this. You're going to want to practice. You're going to want to get some things in order, but don't overstress it to the point where you're like, oh my goodness, it has to be perfect. And you're just stressing about it all week, all weekend long. Get to a point, get to a stopping point where you're like, okay, we're gonna try this. I've tweaked as much as I can and I'm stopping and we're gonna try this for a week and then we're gonna reevaluate and reassess after the week. What worked well, what didn't, and kind of get in the practice of giving your routine a reassessment on a weekly basis and make little tweaks. I reassess my routine probably every week, sometimes a couple times a week, but that's just because I'm routine obsessed and And I'm problem solving, obsessed and those kinds of things. And sometimes I'm a little overboard, but on a weekly basis, I'm reassessing my routine just naturally when I'm writing my new schedule in for the next week, I'm reassessing my routine. Um, And I think this is a really important practice to put into place when you are planning for the next week and you're writing in all your time blocks and you're writing in your chunks and you're writing in your meetings and all those things you're reassessing what worked well, what didn't, and how can I tweak things or tighten things up? Or do I need to put some more systems into my routine to make things work better? All of those things. So it's really important to reassess and to be okay with knowing that you're never going to have like the perfect routine. Um, so things are going to ebb and flow and there's going to be some days that don't look great. And there's going to be some days that you're like, Oh, like, you know, this, this, this worked so well yesterday. And now today it's just completely falling apart. Why? What happened? What didn't I do? And sometimes a routine is great. Sometimes it's just a matter of, you know what? I didn't prepare as well as I could ever. Oh, you know, I forgot this or whatever that might look like. That's okay. These things are all normal. They can be frustrating. I totally get that, but they're all normal. So don't ever think that you're going to get to a place where it's just like perfect. It's never moving. You've got the routine and now you can just kind of like never revisit it again. Routines should be revisited. They're living documents um, or they're living things, if you will. And, um, and they're meant to ebb and flow with the, with the different times and seasons and changes that your family goes through on a daily and weekly basis. We're always changing. We're humans, right? So our routine should live and breathe along with us. The other week I announced that I have been battling several chronic illnesses daily. I've been dealing with these chronic illnesses for quite a while. I mean years. In fact, most of my life. And I'm finally doing the work to reclaim my health my way. One of the ways I'm doing this is by using products that help heal your gut, which is the root of most, if not all, of our chronic diseases. That's why I love Ticino. Ticino is an herbal coffee replacement that tastes very similar to coffee. You brew it just like your morning coffee, whether that's a pour over, French press, or a drip method, and you can enjoy it with your favorite creamer and sweetener. Of course, you want to choose healthy ones, right? We don't want to sabotage our drink, but you can enjoy it just like you enjoy your coffee drink. It's super smooth, has zero caffeine, zero acidity, and it still gives you a ton of energy, but from herbs and not stimulants. The best part, they have this amazing macadamia nut blend that they just came out with that has pre and probiotics in it that are essential to gut health. So not only are you helping to heal your gut by cutting down on your caffeine intake or completely eliminating it altogether, because honestly, Ticino can give you the energy you need without the stimulants, and you don't even need the coffee anymore. It's your choice, of course. You can keep drinking coffee and just cut back. Maybe you cut down to one cup a day or you mix your Ticino with your coffee and you cut down that way or you you know, have coffee on the weekends and you enjoy Ticino during the week, whatever you wanna do. The good thing is that you are helping to heal your gut when you're cutting down on the coffee, but you're also helping to heal your gut because this same drink also has pre and probiotics in it that help to heal your gut. So it's like a two-in-one complete gut health Situation for you that you just it's it's honestly so so good. You have to try it, so don't just take my word for it. Try Ticino for yourself today. Ticino is giving my listeners 10% off their purchase with the code Mission Motherhood. Just head to Ticino.com to order today that's T E E C C I N O.com and use the code Mission Motherhood. All right, so the third thing I want you to do is organize your work area or areas, your learning area or areas and your toy areas. Right. Um, so chances are you're working from home. Your husband might be working from home too. Um, whether that's, I mean, my husband right now, he's working from home two days a week. So it's just part time. Of course, I I personally feel like, you know, come September, October, we might be in another like like serious, like shut down again, that might happen, you know, so be prepared for that to to potentially be a thing. But if both you and your spouse are working from home, you know, what's working, and what's not with that, you know, with that working relationship, do you guys need to have um, a sit down conversation and how can you guys organize your areas so that they work well for you? It's obvious where mommy goes and does her work. It's obvious where daddy goes and does her work. Um, you know, and of course, like there needs to be some flexibility. I you know, I know for me, my husband, the the nature of his job, like he goes downstairs and he works from like eight thirty to four to four thirty every single time he's working from home. And he doesn't really come out unless he's, you know, is eating lunch or using the bathroom. So for me, I take the dining room table, even though I have a desk downstairs as well. I'll get that desk on different times. I'll get that desk in the evenings or the weekends or something like that. But um, I don't get to work down there during the day, so I set up my little workstation in on the dining room table. Um, but for the most part, my kids, or at least my oldest, knows very well that you know when mommy's sitting in front of her computer and she's sitting at the dining room table that it's work time, and she knows when my work times are. And so even if she's playing near me, she knows that when it's quiet time, when her sister's napping and it's her quiet time, that mommy's working, and this is not time to really bother mommy, right? Um, and so whether you work part time, you're running your business, you're working full time or whatever that might be. And I won't say not bother mommy. Let me take that back. She just knows it's not time to like ask a, um a million questions. It's not time to ask mommy to play. It's not it's only time to ask mommy if she really needs something like assistance with going to the bathroom, but she's being encouraged and trained to be more independent. She can get her own, you know, her what she knows where her water cup is, she knows where her toys are. She knows to find something to do with her time and to make herself busy. While mommy is working, and she knows that that time is, you know, from the time her sister goes down for a nap until about the time her sister wakes up. So, um, that's about, you know, from one to three thirty p.m. Where we are. Um, so that's kind of like the thing. But sometimes I'm also working. Um, at, at different times. Sometimes I need to get in a power hour of work uh, in the morning, right after we have breakfast. And so I will, you know, schedule that in and I will still set myself up and set up my computer and my kids will play. Um, sometimes I do have to bring my computer to the couch just to encourage them to stay in the living room and not to go to the kitchen or go to the dining room. But, um, it's, that's mainly for my youngest, my youngest only being 18 months old, you know, she wants to follow mommy everywhere. And so it's a little bit harder for her. She does have some independent room time, um, that she has in the morning. So I do have a routine where, um, after breakfast, my 18 month old, she goes to her room and she plays and she has room time for about 30 minutes. And it allows me to get a little bit of work in, get a little quick tidy up in. And then my oldest starts her homeschool activities independently during that time. And then we transition further into homeschool and I bring my one-year-old down stairs and she joins us and she sits either at her high chair or she sits at a chair at the table and she kind of colors and does some things but it can be a little frustrating so sometimes i have to put her back in the pack and play and just say hey you got to play a little bit more by yourself because we are having school right now this depends on what her mood is and whether she's being disruptive but um i say all that to say um you know, there's, there's flexibility there. Sometimes I let the girls play together in the living room and I start homeschool a little bit later if I need to get even a little bit more done and I'll bring the computer to the couch and they both know, you know, when the computer's out is when mommy's working. But I try to stick to having my little work area right at the same chair at the dining room table, specifically for that time where my oldest needs to know that this is like non-negotiable work time. Like there's times when I'm getting a little bit done here and there in the morning, answering some emails, checking in with clients and all that's well and good and fine and dandy. But since I am a homeschool mom and my children are not getting virtually taught by another teacher, I shut off at a certain time and we're fully in with homeschool. Um, and so making those differences known are really key and making sure that I'm giving my child her my all during that homeschool time. And then when I'm turning on my computer and working and really getting into that work rhythm around one o'clock, she knows the difference, right? So having your work areas organized and also making sure you like, you know where your supplies are, you know, you're going to get how to get to your stuff. Like you're not kind of like a basket case trying to figure out like, where are you working and where are you taking calls and all that kind of stuff. And then the learning areas, right? Um, so whether you are virtual learning or you're homeschooling, it's important for your kids to have an area where they can learn in. it doesn't have to be perfect. I've seen a lot of posts out there that kind of like are bashing like the overly curated work spots and saying, you don't need all that, or you just need this and that kind of thing. And I get it. You don't, you don't want to compare yourself to what another mom is doing or whatever. But I also want to challenge you to say like, hey, if you like, number one, I think it's important to create a a learning area. It, It really is. Um, even if I just had my one and a half year old, She would have a little kids' table that we have, um, you know, our kitchen table, which is where the homeschooling goes down. And then we have, like, a little kids' table from Ikea. And that's where the girls independently color um, and stuff like that. And so even if I just had the little table for my one-year-old just to color at or whatever, like, a little station set up for her to color... Um, I would have that just so she knows like she has a little space that she can go sit. Um, and that we would in routinely whenever I would sit down with her, if even I was doing like a little learning game that like lasted for ten minutes, not even that would be where we sit every single time because it establishes a little bit of continuity and establishes a little bit of consistency there. Um, That's important. And then they begin to associate different areas of their house for different things. Not that you can't learn on the couch, not that you can't go outside and learn. Homeschool, if you are homeschooling, is everywhere and that's the beauty of homeschool. But you know, having a certain area that's kind of set aside to do some of that, you know, the worksheets and the, the table learning or the, the the projects, the science projects, the art projects or whatever it is is important. Um, you know, just for organization purposes, for, for consistency purposes, um, you know, for this the flowing of your house purposes, so things just aren't everywhere. Um, you know, that that's all important. And I also think it makes it feel really special and it makes it feel really inviting. So while you don't have to have a perfectly curated area by any means, um, I think that there is something that, that is special when you put a little bit of effort into making a little special space that can make your child want to learn and make it feel really fun and feel really good. Right. So, um, you know, something that I did was I just took different things from around my house. I took a basket that used to be in my daughter's room and that became our morning basket. I took, um, I did have to order a couple extra baskets from Ikea to house some of our, our school books in, but, um, just really simple things. I moved a lot of different things around. I took this little bowl. I used to keep like, I had this like this bamboo bowl that I picked up at home goods and I kept all of our essential oils in that thing. Um, and I took it and I, I took it and I took the essential oils out, put it in a different bin inside my pantry. And it, that became the bowl that we have at our homeschool table with all of our little wooden letters in it. And those wooden letters are little wooden chips that I bought off of Amazon that I wrote letters on, right? So it doesn't have to be anything particular. I got, I grabbed a bunch of almonds from the the bulk almonds we got at Costco, put them in a glass jar and those became some of the manipulatives that we use all the time, right? So It can be super simple, but organizing it so it's easy for you to Whole things, especially if you are homeschooling, um, if you're homeschooling for the first time, and you need to, you need your supplies. Like that's a huge thing. And if they're virtual learning, where are they going to sit? Where's their computer going to be? Do they have pieces of paper, a notebook? Do they have pens and paper and and um and pencils and and crayons and or the different things that they might need, a calculator? Do they have a microphone or whatever they need to be able to be successful with virtual learning? Does it feel special for them? Do they have like a poster? Do they have something that says, you know, their name on it or whatever that makes them feel special because they're not going to have a typical first day of school that they normally have. And we all know how fun the first day of school is. We know, we all know how fun it is to, you know, to like decorate your locker or to um, get your new, like. I don't know, like pencil case or backpack or whatever. And a lot of those things aren't happening anymore. So if you can just put a little bit of time and energy and effort into making and curating a little home and learning area for your children, I think that'll really be key. Even if it's your dining room table or part of your dining room table or kitchen table or what have you, even if you do use the living room and everyone's learning on the couch, but you just do a little something, something to make it look special or and organize it too, just to make it easy to learn and easy for them to be successful and independent too, is a huge thing. Um, that that's going to really go a long way. Um, and then lastly, your toy areas, you know, if your toys are like the way that you clean your toys right now, is everything goes in one bin and there's just like, it's just like a bottomless pit. It's time to organize your toys. It's time to, break some things apart, organize them, get some different bins and some baskets and do some categorization. Um, You know, put together something that can be a little toy rotation, mixed a little bit of open-ended play, something that can allow your children to be successful, independent with with their toys, welcomed in, invited, and something that's easy to clean up. You don't want it to feel overwhelming to play and you don't want it to feel overwhelming to clean up. So toys are one of those things that tends to be the bane of every mother's existence they tend to be everywhere they tend to travel all throughout the house um, so keeping them organized is really key and there's going to be times where you're trying to work or you're trying to get things done and you're trying to clean the house or manage something or pay a bill or whatever and your kids are going to need to be able to go play on their own and and I I firmly believe that we don't have to entertain our kids all day long I think that there are times we want to play with our kids every day and be really intentional and spend time with them but there's also also, a lot of times where we, we can't, you know, entertain our kids all the time. It's just not, that's not possible. We're adults and we have things to do. Um, and so in order to do those things, in order to maintain our house and cook the meals and vacuum the floors and get the work done and send them the email or whatever, our children need to be able to play by themselves. And then the, the more, the, they're going to play by themselves better if they have invited areas to play um, invited areas to be able to go to their toys and get their toys and, and, and play with them on their own independently without it being a huge deal. So if that's a problem right now in your house, then I invite you to take some time this week to do a quick, like switcheroo, a quick little organized situation, use what you have as much as you can. You don't have to go and buy a bunch of things from the container store to make it super cute, but do it use what you can or use what you have rearrange some things grab some baskets from some different areas or whatever you need to do and create a toy environment that will invite some 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 great play so that they can be even more independent because it's I mean when you're in the same house day in and day out you know it gets it can get boring it can get tiresome it can get lonely it can get frustrating so um, you want your kids to be excited, excited to play, especially when they're, they're seeing the same things over and over and over again. So, um, take some time to organize those toy areas. Okay. And a little bonus thing I want you to do is I, I want you to give yourself grace. Um, and I, 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 talk about this all of the time, all the time, but it's true, right? Um, you know, Monday, the first day of school or whatever, Monday, Tuesday, whatever that day is for you might be awesome. And then Tuesday might be really hard. And then Monday, Wednesday might be great again. You know, like I said, those ebbs and flows are normal. It doesn't mean that you're failing or doing anything wrong. And then another bonus, let go of perfection, but don't let go of intention. That's a good one. I'm saying it again. Let go of perfection, but don't let go of intention. Intention can look different daily, whereas perfection requires things to look the same each day and to like just literally be unchanging and there to be no mistakes. Perfection will look like trying to fit in the same exact things into your routine every day while not missing a beat and beating yourself up when it doesn't go as planned, whereas intention will look like allowing ebbs and flows into your routine, intentionally planning days that fit in less and others that fit in more and leaning in to each moment that you're in. Okay, so I'll leave you with this. If you believe in your heart and always keep your eyes on Jesus, this season will bring so much purpose and joy. This doesn't negate the hard moments or days. This doesn't negate the very real struggle that so many of us are going through. I believe we are all walking through something this season that makes this season some of the hardest that we've ever walked through. But when we do life with Christ, joy and pain or grief get to coexist because of the hope that we have in Jesus. We know that race has been won. We know that he has overcome. We know there is victory. We may not know exactly how or what that looks like, but we know it's there and that it's coming. The enemy wants us to camp out in our feelings of defeat, failure, and exhaustion. He wants us to rob um, ourselves daily, or he wants to rob us daily, I should say, of our joy, especially in the ministry of motherhood that that God's called us to. So no wonder this season is especially hard on mothers. There's a reason for that because we are being like led into doing even more. Our 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 standards are being raised even higher as mothers, and and God is calling us higher. So of course the enemy is going to attack harder. It's no mistake. But pressing into God will replace that false defeat with victory in the moment and victory in the long run. It might be as simple as your needs being supplied and opening your eyes, opening your eyes to how Jesus is right there in the littlest things and how he's supplying each of those needs, even the smallest little need. It might be as huge as the miracles you've been praying for actually being answered and and coming to pass or finding renewed purpose. But he's there regardless of what it looks like, whether it's big or small or all of the above. He's there. He hasn't left you and he promises victory for all of us even in our hardest seasons of all. You know, as always, I am cheering you on. I am praying for you. You always know, or um, if you're new here, I always want to hear from you, whether that's in my DM or an email, I always want to hear from you, hear your heart, hear your biggest takeaway from this episode or what God is speaking to you right now. Share that to your Instagram stories and tag me so that I can interact with you and I can converse with you and I can share your takeaways and your testimonies to my Instagram um, audience as well so that other people can um, can receive the word of God and can receive hope when we share our stories and we share our testimonies like so much power and magic comes through that so um please share please share what you're what you're hearing holy spirit speak to you right now and tag me on instagram so i can interact with you and say hi and cheer you on and pray with you and and all the things okay so um i'm thankful for you and i'm grateful that you're here and i'm so excited to see how god moves in your life in this season I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Mission Motherhood podcast. You can check out the show notes for this episode at carolinejsumlin.com slash blog. If the content of this episode helped you in any way, please take a few minutes to share this episode with a mama friend, share this podcast to your Instagram stories, and leave us a review in iTunes and subscribe to the show. Thank you so much for listening, mama. See you next time.